Welcome to the Know Your Rights Camp podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Mariela Regalado. I'm from the Dominican Republic, raised in Brooklyn. I joined the camp as the Know Your Education speaker in 2016, and I am a college and career counselor. TJ Estandian, San Francisco, California-based youth development coordinator and a Know Your Rights Camp volunteer since 2018. Our mission is to advance the liberation and well-being of black and brown communities through education, self-empowerment, mass mobilization, and the creation of new systems that elevate the next generation of change leaders. And today we have with us one of those change leaders, Mr. Sean Torrey. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What's up? And we're honored to present Sean Torrey. We did some research. Okay. And what, what, what do we find on him? Do you want to read the, our stats? Yeah, well, he has a Bachelor's of Science in Human Development and Family Studies from the University of Nevada at Reno. Wolfpack, gang, gang. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Master's of Science, Marriage and Family Therapy. We got to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we we'll talk about it. Um, we'll talk about it. <laughs> marriage and Family Therapy Program from the University of Nevada, Las, Las Vegas. It's just an understanding between me and UNLV. Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> And a current PhD student for the curriculum instruction with a concentration in cultural studies, international education, and multicultural education at UNLV. Yes, yeah, just an understanding contract is Wolfpack <laughs> for all my Wolfpack family. And we are here today, literally on the campus of College of Southern Nevada, where you are the campus life development coordinator yes, and ma'am. senior business analyst. Yes, ma'am. First of all, congratulations. Man, thank you. That thank is you. amazing. Yeah. And congratulations on what we're doing here today because from my understanding, you manifested yeah, I did. these um, moments. Well, can I say something? One time, the, the, out of the things that you said, the most thing I'm proud of is that I'm a father of two daughters, uh, uh, Imani and Imara. Uh, I love shout them. out to Imani shout out to, and Imara. Yeah, shout out to my daughters, man. And you shout out to the wifey, to my fiance. Yes, can't yeah, forget about the I get, fiance. I get, we get married in July, so you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're invited now, right? I mean, if y'all going to Jamaica, they get a popping. <laughs> Let's go. So you're born, bred Las yeah. Vegas. So yeah. talk to us about the significance. Because when we think about Las Vegas, we think strip, we yeah. think casinos. Day parties. Day right. parties. Yeah, that's the part that um, when I first met with the like with the folk, with, for the camps, like with Jay and Tony and everyone, I asked them, I was like, how many of y'all been to Vegas? I'm like, oh, we've been to Vegas all the time. I was we like, we love Vegas. We love Vegas. I was like, nah, how many of y'all actually been outside the strip? You've been to the strip. You've never been to Vegas. And they were quiet for the remaining of the whole, like mm-hmm. meeting because I like because then I started dropping stats about what's going what's been happening in Vegas. What are those stuff stats? Like what should we know? What's so, happening here? So what's happening? I actually talk about this in my presentation, right? So let's talk about the population. I'll just say for Black students, right? Um, at Clark County School District, Black students make up fifteen percent of the uh, of the stu- of the school district, but for juvenile justice, we make up thirty nine percent. Now, Numbers don't add up, right? Is that stat the same when you were growing up here? Has it gotten worse? Has it gotten better? It's, it's gotten worse, and it was always it, it's it's gotten worse. But it's we've always been heavily overpopulated. Like I used to work for this nonprofit called Nevada Partners, and I used to go up to Spring Mountain, which is one of the juvie camps, and I used to go to Caliente, where all the kids were locked up, and I see where all most of the black kids that um, I either mentored or I've seen they they end up up there, right? Um, but that's that's something that's unfortunately been the common thread the school to prison pipeline and. Um, they they bring that up often the school to prison pipeline, right. and then they enact certain the things. They enact certain things to help negate that. But then, is it is anything really changing? No, <laughs> the numbers are still the same. But then you look here. I work for the College of Southern Nevada, 
where you only have 8% of students, black students graduating. And for black men, only 2% of them black graduating. I'm one of 12 black males, administrative faculty and faculty. I'm one of the, tw- I'm one of the 12 black men. And then out of those 12, there's only two of us who are millennials. Right. right. And then out of those 12, you only have four or five of them who are faculty professors. So it's like the number, the ratios don't add up. Like the representation isn't there. And that's another part that's important right. for access. Cause you don't see it. Then how am I supposed to know that it's obtainable too? And how like, do we get them here? Because you're here. Yeah, man, and so listen. the idea is always to open that door. Yeah. Right. So what are you doing right now? If you can share to facilitate. Of course. That? So uh, what I do here outside of CSN, I'm also uh, a co-founder of the mentorship program called King of Jewels that focuses on uh, working with young black and brown young men. Of course, we open it to everyone, but that's our main focus. Uh, we were definitely in the schools for a long time, work, helping with gear up, uh, getting the students connected. I, I sent a lot of kids up to Cap and I's on the Marta UNR. I sent them to CSN because my, my thing or HBCUs, I sent a lot of kids off to school over the years. That's awesome. But that's part of it is making building that network and building that village. So a lot yes. of kids a lot of kids I would meet kids senior year didn't know what the difference between a weighted or unweighted GPA was right didn't know like what what criteria in college found out too late about gear up found out Mm -hmm. too late about upper bound and all these other programs and it's like well how do we get them connected to access how do we get them in that door how do we get them to the door and that's that's what my thing is like all right if it's too late for you here I'm gonna find another way to get you to what you need so like programs like Nevada Promise Nevada Promise is uh, if you if you do the program your senior year you apply for it your first two year of college at a community college is free in the state of Nevada but many of these kids they don't like the criteria or, or what to what right. to do for they don't know about them, and right? I also noticed just by filling out their FAFSA their Pell Grant will pay yes the Pell Grant will pay yep. CSN yep it will pay for CSN as that. well so you know a younger version of Colin Kaepernick prior to the fro bring when out bro, the stories when bro had Sean John shorts so this on is, this is this is undergrad yeah undergrad so <laughs> yeah. What, what was he what was he like I mean this is he was honestly bro was always cool right let me be real but he was he was always smart but no one knew that like I found out through the back end so I met because I was a freshman he was a junior and when I met him it was because of one of his profiles because he's a kappa I'm an alpha but he's a kappa and before he became a noob we met each other at a party and then I seen him one day at the library. I was just like, bro, what you doing in the library? Like, all right, well, cool. He's we we smart. studied. He's smart. He's smart. We studied. <laughs> then we had a conversation. Uh, we had a conversation just about life. And I was like, oh, bro's tapped in. He ain't just... Because I used to play football, too. So you know how those talks go in the locker room. Right. Uh, but uh, I didn't play football in college. But that's how we initially met. Then when he became a noob, he was like, hey, bro, you should definitely... I was like, nah, I'm good. But, <laughs> but we had... But over the summer... I stayed up there because I did summer school and I had to work. I had to work my way. I had three jobs and all that. But then um, I would kick it with his profile was one of my close friends. He's from Vegas, too. So I would go kick it with them at his house and we would go to Lake Tahoe. And it was so many stories. But one of the best stories I'll tell y'all, Cap is such a, a humble dude. He's so chill. He won't even tell you. So there was a time I was super broke, like most college students. Yeah, right? like most of us. That's like <laughs> right, a requirement right. to be so in college, right? One day he had this Panda he, Panda Express. He didn't want to eat it. And I was like, hey, bro, I, I got you on that. He was like, I didn't want to waste it either. All right, cool. And then he saw I ate that. And I was like, what was the order? It was uh, some it was noodle. It was a uh, yummy okay. and some orange chicken. Every, he didn't know I was struggling. I never told him. But once a week, he would buy me Panda. Wow. But he would mask it as if oh, I just I just left it. But he would buy me Panda every Wednesday, not knowing that 
I was on food stamps and then after the food stamps ran off, like I got that's all I had. So Cap, you know, that we stayed we were connected that way, then found out he was adopted, then we talked about that. Then he went off to the league. Went off to the league, but he would come back and show us the 49er workouts. So I would work out with him. He would get triple workout. So it sounds with like us. he was a mentor. He was. Like you. it was like a mentor for me. He was a big bro for me. And uh it it kind of makes me emotional. I gotta he don't know this, but I got a gift for him because I, I just never been able to give him anything because or to of thank him or to or thank him like exactly. How important all that was. I never got the chance to because the last time I physically saw him in college was he came out um this he was he was still back up to Alex Smith. So you want Vegas, you want you want Vegas KYRC to happen. Yeah, at the time I wasn't in a position to make it happen. I wasn't at the time, but I said to myself, all right, because I was already doing other stuff. I said, all right, one day I'm going to reach out. When it's time, I'm going to reach out to Cap and I'm going to make it happen. That's a beautiful part right? about manifesting. Manifesting. So when the time came, because at this point I didn't have Raymond Santana Jr. up here from one of Central Park Five. I didn't have Dame Dash. So, you know, what's funny. The same day we're having the camp. Same thing last year is when I had Dame Dash. Wow. Crazy. So right? the connections kept happening, it kept happening leading up to this event. So then as I'm getting ready for Dame Dash, I was like, all right, I got the opportunity. Stuff's about to open up. He ain't had a camp in a minute. Let me reach out. So, of course, I knew Cap changed his number. I changed it. I chatted anyway. So didn't work. I reached out to his line brother, Brandon Marshall. I was like, yo, B, tell Cap I'm trying to bring the Know Your Rights Cap here. And then he was like, I got you. Tell him I just need to get to his assistant. I got a proposal, all that. Gave me the assistance, boom, talked to Cap, gave me the info, sent the email, met with his email, and I guess his assistant was like, yo, there's a lot of people who always say, hey, we know Cap. Right. right? But this guy's legit. Put him through. Yeah, he, he, through. That's, that's, he, he legit was like, hey, Sean Tory? Yeah, set up a meeting. I was like, oh. <laughs> low key, chicken John Tory? Yeah. Like, low key. <laughs> low key. You know what I'm saying? And right. it's just a blessing. Like, those friendships don't hit. Like, those, you'd be years, right, that we've seen each other, but... Those type of bonds that we've had, we we've had many stories I can tell you, but but those the, those memories and how you're good to people, right. folks, how you make people feel, they will never forget. Absolutely. So that's why I tell people, I'm like, listen, Cap was a, is a homie to me. Even so, like when you good to people, you good to people. Like right. I know Cap when it's just Cap, he just chill dude. You know what I'm saying? No, and those are all important values and elements and memories. And I want to talk about your current role yes. here at the school. At the school, yes. What would you say is the most important thing that you want your students to not only learn from you, yeah. but to walk away with? Because you walked away with a lot of, uh, you have mentorship, you have yeah. community involvement. Yeah. It sounds like you were always kind of boots to the ground kind of person. Always, man. So mm -hmm. what do you want your students to walk away with? And how do you use your role um, to, to get them there? My biggest thing is follow your bliss. Um, it's a great phrase by Joseph Campbell. Um, I love philosophy. I love mythology, right? So follow your bliss talks about your passion. And when you have a passion for something, you love it so much, it doesn't cost money. It doesn't, all this stuff I do for free, it don't even matter. And I've been, I've been mentoring kids for so long that it let me here. And one of the things I tell them is follow what you love. It's going to come back full circle. Be invested. Because mm -hmm. I promise you, every single job I've gotten is because I've mentored the CEO or the director's kid or cousin. And they're like, yo, you need to be over here. And it led me that way. But when you have a passion for something, it turns to compassion. Like, you know that C, you I know that, that, do you know what that COM stands for in compassion? No. Y'all know what that means? No, what does it stand no. for? It stands for community. Community. So when you when you that. when you love something so much, you do it for everybody. It don't matter what. But I've been mentoring kids. And you do it for free too. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned that part. You're like, I'm gonna do, I do it, it anyways because it's in my heart. It's in my heart. Like I, there was days. There's days where I I used to for my fraternity we have a youth group called Alpha Man Divas of Tomorrow, and I used to teach the kids how to step. 
And for years, I know I, how to step. You know how to step? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna teach you later. You'll see. I'm, okay, we'll see. We'll see. What, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty hot in these streets still. I'm retired, bro. No, anyway. But like for years, I mentored these kids in the back of my old high school, teaching them, getting ready for performances, taking them here, traveling wherever, right? Taking them on college. And that's tours. not by any means necessary. Yeah. Attitude, like we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna make we're it gonna happen. Find the place. And like I, I've sent so many kids off to HBCUs and all these regular schools, just any PWI that. I've seen them and them also pledge their sorority or fraternity. I'm just like pave it forward, right? Because right. I remember when I was I'm the only kid in, for me and my parents, right? And I didn't have access until my oldest god sister she introduced me to the youth group that I ended up mentoring later and then joining the frat, like. Those things so right there. It sounds there. like you either created community or you found community yeah. in every aspect. Every of aspect your life so and, far, and it just felt like honestly, God given, bro. I, mm-hmm. I can't even. I can't even tell you that I knew this was going to happen. But once I found it, you know that feeling once you know yeah. this is what you're supposed Things to do. Things click into place. That's even what if happened. it's not at that moment, you know you. it's going to happen. That's what happened. Absolutely. Every time. As a black man who grew up in Las Vegas working in education, how do you get the youth to make the shift in mindset from not just surviving but also thriving um, in educational spaces? Lead by example and also put them in position. Right. Access and opportunity, because part of it is like you can watch me do it all day. But if I'm not giving you an opportunity or if I'm not showing you how to really do this or wh- how to get there, like I'll, op- I'll show you the door. You got to go through it. Right. You know what I'm saying? But you got to do the work. I you like to do the work. Open the door. I open the door. Them, like what? I got to get to work. I get the chance to where I can hire seven to ten work study kids. Mm-hmm. And even if you can't work for me, I'm going to put you in a place to where you can work. So I physically there are times where I'll leave my office and take you where you need to go. And if I don't know something, we're going to find out together, bro. <laughs> you yes. know what I'm saying? But those are the things. That's that's how I do it, you know, personally. And show because they look at me like they think sometimes they think I'm a regular student. Sometimes I'll, I'll wear the bow tie and the suit. And I stuff. mean, you're fly. They're probably like, hey, man, what's up? Man, listen, don't you're in my philosophy class. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. They think but they think I'm a, I'm a I am a student because I'm a PhD student. Right. But they're looking like, dog, you run this whole building. Wait, you do this. Hold up. How are you able to? They, they start asking questions and they're like, dog, you tied it from him from head to, to literally to toe. And they're like, how can, like, looking at you, how can you... This is also a professional. How do you... How do you I can be exactly. a professional how do you well. How do you represent education looking like this? Right. They have an image. And I'm like, bro, I'm professional. I can go to 10 Toes Town with the best right. of them. And I'm already 20 steps ahead. You, you have to be, especially for us of color. You have to be. And that's what's about. Creation, new systems, and changing those mindsets. Have to, yes. Critical race theory in the state of Nevada... Why do you think white folks are so scared of critical race theory being taught to our youth? I sorry for you, but the truth is the truth. I can't. There's no time. We gotta we stop. We can't change the history. We can't it change happened. the history. It happened. Like there's people who legit try to water down 373 years of captivity. How can you water down 373 years of captivity? So the way you punchline it, I for one, I'm all for critical race theory. If y'all haven't noticed, ladies yes. and gentlemen, but. The way I make it real for people, I say, hey, where's your last name come from? They'll be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm Scottish. I'm this, I'm that. Well, your last name is Tory. Yeah, it's a slave name. And it's also a political party. What do you think, where do you think it come from? Right. We were slaves in both Georgia and in, and in Florida. My family owns the land that we were slaves on. Wow. My great-great-grandfather, Alec Tory, helped start the Second Baptist Church in Georgia. My my father grew up in the house, all this land that we own. Like, 
in this little house but all this land. That's where my father grew up with 16 brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? Like so for, for so to tell me how is that water how can you not agree with race theory but then you sit here and paint MLK and paint, well, shout out to the frat. Um uh, paint Emma, uh, Malcolm X, James Baldwin, you like to you like to quote them, but they're part of critical race theory right. too. And at some, you know, at some point we have to sit and think about it where we're already learning about those things. It's yes. called a different name. Is it called a different name? And exactly. for a lot of us, our first time even knowing about critical race theory was when we get to college. Yeah. Sometimes That's how where we, we take out. Africana studies, we yep. take women's studies, we take all these different classes. And then, and then you learn 17, 17 years of fine. Right. Bro. That put in front of us. And then so you, imagine getting that in the first grade. Like, know you have the right to know your history is yep. one of our and points. Not just February. It is right. It, not just part. February, not just Hispanic Heritage Month. But all year, yeah. all year long, early on, where it's not just you're discovering yourself in college, if you got the chance to go to college, yep. but you're discovering yourself and knowing your history and being confident mm-hmm. and, and embracing what that means and how, you know, you are choosing to represent that as well. Mm-hmm. Now, we want to thank you so, so much of for course. sharing all this information with us. Not a problem. I think we want to know what you hope to accomplish uh, in the camp. You are the Know Your Education speaker. Yes. Can you talk to us a little bit about what right. you want the students, the camp, the campers to walk away with? What do you want them to capture when you are doing your presentation? Mm-hmm. What do you want them to walk away with? I want to I want them to connect with their I want them to connect with themselves again. So like I come I do restorative justice approach. I'm sure you guys know about restorative justice. For and those of us who don't know, how would you put that simply? So in a simply restorative justice is an, appro- is an appropriated approach to education. Right? Let's let's be clear. It's appropriated by our indigenous folks of New Zealand, of uh, New Zealand, of African countries like Ghana, Nigeria, even Southern America. This is appropriated practice that Americans took, took a piece of and created a whole approach to it that's the that's the quick way there's four different elements to restorative justice you have restorative justice restorative justice education restorative justice practices and restorative circles i wanted to do circles and because because uh pat and jay and tone saw me i had the men's room so i was getting ready to do an event with all these black men doing a community-based restorative work and i was like yo i want to do a circle but i can only do pieces and pieces of it so i i say that the reason why you do restorative justice and restorative circles is because there's healing needed. These students don't feel safe at school. Yep. Not only that, they don't feel they don't they they, it, <laughs> they don't feel that this is a safe haven or a place that they can truly be their authentic selves, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. And with like what I do with circles is bring you back to that, mm-hmm. right? On top of everything you're trying to learn as well. So. I like to really bring us back to healing and actually restoring because there's a lot to restore there. A lot of students have been hurt by folks that we call quote unquote educators. And that's that's why for me, I really hope to restore education. Uh, That's actually the title of my presentation. And uh, I did that purposefully. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Our Know Your Education and Community Manifester, (laughs) Mr. Sean Torrey. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Blessings. My name is Mariela Regalado. My name is TJ Estandian. And And we we know know our rights. My name is Sean Torrey, and I know my rights. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mariela. I'm TJ. And if you like what you heard here today, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe.